So I want to ask a, a difficult topic um, because of the things that we're talking about. So you mentioned earlier in the interview that you wish people really understood what journalism is and that we have a huge distrust uh, in our nation, in our world about fake news and, and how people cover certain things. Sports Illustrated just came out saying they had have a company underneath them that's using AI and they had to get rid of that. And then we had the news of Carissa Thompson coming out stating that she made up reports when she was covering NFL on the sidelines. The only person in this podcast that probably took it super personally was me being an in-game reporter for 15 seasons with the Giants. And I was appalled. I, I kind of know her. I, way back in the day, Celeste and I had worked with her. And part of me in the reaction to that was like, why would you ever say that? Like, well, I don't understand why you would ever admit to that. But when you talk about the pendulum swinging wildly one way, the backlash on any female reporter, any female in-game reporter is huge, in my opinion, that now questions are coming out of the woodwork. Amy, did you make up stuff when you were covering the Giants? Did you make yeah. up stuff in MLB Network games when you, you were on the road because you couldn't get a coach? Again? And, and so I just want to, we don't have to talk about Carissa as much sure. as what that meant to our industry as female journalists. Yeah. So I will address the Carissa thing for sure. And I will say that I don't actually know her, um, but the SIAI thing is terrifying um, ESPN several weeks ago on their Sports Center Twitter account deep faked an interview with Dame Lillard. Um, it was an interview that he had given during the bubble um, when he was a Milwaukee Buck and they put him, or I'm sorry, when he was a, a trailblazer, a, a Portland trailblazer, and they put him in, the, in a Bucks uniform and made it seem like he had just given that interview right after that game. Not only is shit like that just so unnecessary, there's no, like, there is just not, not a reason to do it. Um, but because it's happening in something as innocuous, seemingly innocuous as a post-game basketball interview, right? Like national security secrets aren't being faked here. You know, what's the big deal? The big deal is those are the implications of it, the, the applications of this kind of thing. And when it starts eroding in journalism at any level, when it starts eroding in journalism that we think covers something that is unimportant, then we get used to it. And then we don't, we're not vigilant about it when it happens in shit that is important. Right. And, you know, yeah. we have seen, we have seen real political consequences of this and real world consequences of this. So yeah, Dame Lillard interview, that doesn't matter. AI being used by Sports Illustrated, it's sports, you know, whatever, but it's the implications of it that are terrifying to me. And that's why- yeah, it's absolutely a domino effect. Um, the Carissa Thompson thing is, as soon as I saw it, you know, I'm on like two or three different group chats of, of friends in the industry and the, the chats were, were blowing up and we were so disappointed and angry. And also we knew exactly what you said, Amy, was that this was going to um, cast a spell on every woman reporter in this industry whether they're a sideline reporter or not um andrea kramer who is a co a co-worker on on real sports who was was a, a longtime sideline reporter is one of the best to ever do it is somebody that i respect immensely gave a tremendous interview to jenny Vrentis at the new york times about this so i recommend everyone go read that um 
there, there are so many layers to this. So I'm going to try and break them down in a way that isn't confusing. One is that it says a lot that Carissa Thompson felt so comfortable saying that so casually in both her job security and in the fact that there would be no consequences for her personally outside of maybe some social media backlash, right? And That's she right. still has her job. She um, sure does. It also wasn't the first time she had said it. She said it on Aaron Andrews podcast years ago. And Aaron also said that she had done the same thing. Um, So what I will say is I can't imagine what kind of job or public backlash there would have been had Pam Oliver or Maria Taylor said that, Um, you know, like this, this, there, there is a, a, a privilege that Aaron Andrews and Carissa Thompson have that they felt so comfortable being able to admit something like that with no consequence. But I, I will say just to interject as a, as a white female, sure. I would have been fired. Absolutely. I would have been fired because I'm not at this elite level. I mean, it was clear. She said, I didn't get fired for saying it before. So I'll say it again. Right. So there is this untouchable vibe. And I am also very curious if a male journalist had said it, what would happen? Yeah, I, I won't say the um I won't say the the I won't say the anchor's name, but someone someone texted me something to the effect of we're not questioning all men just because this person's still on just because this dude's still yeah. on TV. But um you know, but you're absolutely right, Amy. And one of the things that I texted one of the chats was again, I have so many thoughts about this, but one of them was for so long women could only be sideline reporters. It was the only job available to women. And the men who made that the case are the same men who denigrate the position as unworthy or as throwaway. So that's unfair. Those are also the same men that historically only hired women they were attracted to, right? These men made that decision. Now, that does not mean that you cannot be a very attractive woman and also be really good at your job. And what I what I said was, I feel bad. I mean, I feel bad for everybody um, who is feeling this consequence. But I especially feel bad for the low-level woman who happens to be pretty and blonde at like, you know, W whatever in Denver, right? Like, um, who is now going to be questioned every time she, she gives a sideline report. Um, and again, that probably was the only job available to her. Um, and and all of that. So that part of it is very complicated, right? Um, the privilege is that that she is white, but the privilege is also that she is white and of a certain level, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, then I also think that it's a little bit unfair to Carissa Thompson that she has to represent all women in this industry. Like, uh, you know, I think we all have to we all have to be good ambassadors for each other. But as as my friend said, just because you know, insert dude who's on you know, mm-hmm. NFL on CBS or whatever, um, you know, he, we don't immediately take when they say dumb shit as indicative that men can't do this job. Right. Oh, um, no. there, there's and, a margin right. for error that men have that women. Well, they're also them. not, they're not representatives of all men. Right. Whereas anytime a woman slips up and this is more than a slip up, I think that you know, I, I don't think she's a journalist and I like, I'm very offended by what she's, she's done and admitted to, but, um, you know, every time a woman slips up, it is taken as a referendum on all of us. And that's really, that's unfair to all of us. It's also unfair to the woman who slips up. So I, totally. I will give her, you know, I will, I will say that as well. And then I it's just, question this... if it's a slip up though, when you say it twice. Yes. No. I, well, well, yes. Fool me once. Right. For sure. For sure. But, um, 
the other then then I go to well you know how do we how do we how do we fix this <laughs> right like um and part of this is is a very basic journalism question my immediate reaction was if you're not getting a quote from a coach say you didn't get a quote from a coach Thank One you. of my biggest issues in journalism writ large right now is that we feel the need to say something just to fill the space when sometimes just saying nothing at all is the better move. And it's better for our readership and it's better for society. It's just not better for clicks and, and it's, it's not true. better for a 24 hour news cycle. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, so I think there's a feeling of I, what I took a little bit from it. Celeste, please wait. I'm I'm totally like hammering this thing. So weigh in, but. <laughs> there was this fear of not having something for the hit. And I know what that feels like. I know what it feels like if I couldn't get to a player or a coach in time, but I would never fill that with making something up. I would, I would have something else. I had enough that I could go to something else and say, I'm, I'm still following this haven't gotten to them yet, but I do have this. And also where is your voice and saying, I don't have anything right now. Don't come to me. Like, right. You do have some control in, in the broadcast, at least speaking from personal experience. That's all I can say. I have, there's times we went 18 inning games and we went six innings without coming to me because who the hell am I going to talk to while they're playing? You know, I mean, how are you getting talking? 18 innings worth of worth of sound bites? I don't right? have it. <laughs> and so, Amy, you know, it was it would be so funny. Do you have anything? Nope. Do you think I do? <laughs> I'm sitting in the dugout. Like I can tell you that so and so has put on, you know, heat warming socks. That's what I can tell you right now. Do you want it? You can have it. <laughs> See, but I think that insight is also so so valuable because as we talked about before. People don't understand in general what journalists do. They don't understand how much variation there is in our in our industry. I've never been a sideline reporter. I can't speak to what that minute by minute or day to day is like from with authority and from that perspective. So that's it's valuable hearing from people like you and Andrea who have done this um, and done this well. Um, and then it's it's the idea that so this goes back to what we were talking about with with the AI and the deep fake. So much of the reaction I've seen um online and in social media has been i mean she faked an interview with a coach like it's not really a big deal she didn't like give you know but that's not the point it's not, not the, point. the point about what the consequence of that immediate decision is right? right um and then i think the unfortunate thing is that we're now taking this not just as a referendum of all women in 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 sports journalism but as a referendum on the value of sideline reporting itself and I think that we can all probably reasonably agree that there's a lot of sideline reporting that is filler or seems like throwaway or, you know, and, and you know, all of that. But when it's done well, sideline reporting is incredible. Again, like there were some clips of Andrea from back in the day that started to resurface after this. Where I was like, I mean, she's a pro, obviously, but um, or when the lights go out during the Super Bowl. Right. Like who is reporting on well, that? that it is, exactly. Right. Um, and, and so I think it's just, it's really unfortunate for all of the reasons that we've said, but also because there's, 
there were already so many people who did not want to trust our industry, who don't trust our industry, who don't think that reporters have ethics or integrity. And anytime that is reinforced, and it's partly our fault, absolutely, we have to own things that we've done wrong in our industry. And whenever an individual reinforces that, it, it makes me angry because I believe so much in 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 this as an institution and frankly in its importance in our democracy that even when it's something like football sideline reporting I'm I'm going to hold that precious. Mhm. You I think the biggest thing is just you know and I I hear so much of what you're saying and I think I fit a certain stereotype too where I then I feel like I don't have I shouldn't have as much of a voice because I am the white blonde girl that is the sideline person. But when I got the position, it it's how you approach it and, it and it's how precious it was to me to know I was a representation and an extension to the fan base of the team and that I had the privilege to go talk to Buster Posey and to Boach and Madison Bumgardner and be able to take their words and give them to you as a fan. And I would never drop that or break that right like that was that, that was what my role was and did I do some marketing and ticket sales and all yes and I was glad because I had to go on five or six times give me something to talk about right those few that connected the fan base to the team I took so very seriously and genuinely and that is what broke my heart about the statement was you you don't you're not holding it where it should be. This is a very precious, there's a few spots and you tarnished it. You tarnished it. And now everything that I've done or stood for and the girl in Denver at W whatever, whatever. And, you know, now Kavitha is facing her fair share of questioning in any interview you do. Did, did you really talk to the guy, you know, or did you really ask that when you're talking to Bryant Gumble? is what she's saying true? I mean, that's, what happens and I, I mean especially covering certain it. things you have to you have to use unnamed sources and and that makes this this makes that so much more difficult now it but I will say something Amy, like yeah. like just you know to to your being a, a pretty white blonde lady I mean that's <laughs> I mean <laughs> you know I like it's I, I've had this conversation with Katie Nolan, actually, who was a, a very pretty white lady um, and, a, and a friend and, and all of that. And it's not your fault that you look a certain way. Um, and it's not your fault that it may have, and I'm not saying it was, but that the way that somebody looks can be a factor in them getting hired for a job. It also doesn't negate whether they are qualified for that job. It adds to it, right? Um, but it, it says a lot that I think a lot of women get mad at other women for that instead of the system that is in place that makes that the case. And mm -hmm. also the system that is in place that seems to limit the number of spots available to us. So I, I did, I did Katie's show a few times and I think once, I think it was about like healthcare or head injuries in college football or something. And this was back when she was, when she was at garbage time before she, um before she joined ESPN. Mm -hmm. um, and I remember her getting a note that was like, this was such a great episode and you're so good at covering, you know, these serious things and you had such a serious guest on like, why don't you do, you know, real things like this uh, a lot. And she was like, I don't do serious stories because I'm not a serious person. And when I want to do a serious story, I have yeah. someone like Kavitha on. Mm -hmm. And I was like, 
yeah, there should be room for all of us, frankly. Like there shouldn't just be this limited number of spots or this one very rigid conception of what a woman in this industry is supposed to either look like or do. Um, so yeah, so that's 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 my other part of that spiel. Yeah, I think that's important too to do what you're passionate about, you know? Yeah. 